Clarence Moore is a pastor in Indianapolis at a church called New Era. He's been the pastor there for 26 years. In that time, that church has grown from about 60 people to about 2,000 people. And Clarence Moore, I first met by video. I was watching while I was candidating and praying about moving here and accepting this position. I was watching the messages and I saw Clarence's message from a year ago. And it moved me so deeply that I committed at that time. I said, God, if you call me there, I'm going to reach out to this guy. I want to be friends with him. I want to learn from him. And I want to continue to partner with him as a church. So when we moved here, um, uh, Clarence and I connected and we've had lunch together. We already have a fast, deep friendship as fellow pastors. And he's got so much wisdom for me to learn from him and so much for you to learn from him today. I know you're going to be blessed. So here's what I want to say though different churches have different cultures. You guys are pretty interactive, but our brother Clarence is coming from a culture that is very interactive. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So you can clap, you can cheer, you can say amen, you can say bring it brother, you don't have to hold back. And here's what I want to say, the more you give, the more you'll get, okay? The more you egg him on, the more you're going to get from him. So um, Clarence, would you come out here and I'd just love to give you a big hug and, and welcome you up. Guys, give him a huge welcome. Well, what a blessing it is. To be back here at my second church, um, we uh, we've been having a, a hoot. I mean, Saturday night was uh, incredible. We had a blessed time, and then this morning at the eight o'clock service, um, they I mean, hey, that crowd at eight o'clock, they were on fire this morning. It was amazing, and it's just been an incredible time here. I, uh, I told Pastor John, I said that, uh, you know, as, as, as I watch you grow, as I'm so elated, um, because it was this time last year uh, that I came to you, and um, I had a T-shirt on that said, Great, Greater. And I said to you, you're a great church. But I really believe that Pastor Steve, uh, my brother from another mother, <laughs> and the elders, uh, we're going to make sure that you got an incredible Joshua that would come along and continue to take you further into the promised land. And uh, I am I'm just amazed at what God has done and going all the way to the West Coast and grabbing Pastor John and Mel and the three beautiful children and bringing them back to their Midwest roots uh, to, to lead you into this season. Um, what an amazing, amazing blessing. And uh, I shared earlier, and I believe this without any fear of successful contradiction, that Pastor John uh, is a rising star uh, in the Christian church. Uh, his writings, his research... Yeah. So you guys are truly blessed. Well, you know, uh, they, they got hold of me a few months ago and said, we want you to come in and, and preach uh, at Connection Point again this year. And, and, uh, and, and here's the topic. We want you to come and talk about uh, your biggest moment with God. And I thought, man, 
that's pretty tough for a black Baptist preacher. <laughs> you know, my, I have so many. And I get excited thinking about all those, those moments. And I said, I'll make a deal with Connection Point. I'll stick with just one if y'all say amen. amen. All right? So if y'all don't say amen, I'm going to go to two or three or four or five of them. And you aren't going to get out of church on time. No, I'm teasing. Uh, but it's, it's such a blessing to be able to talk about my biggest moment with God. And, and what I want to do, I want to set it up with a scripture. Um, I want to set it up with a scripture. Let's see. Psalm 100. Uh, we've been kind of dining, feeding off of this text. I'm what you might call an expository preacher which means I like to get inside of a text and just stay there and feed on it and eat on it. And, uh, and so that's what I want to do today. I want to, I want to prepare a spiritual meal out of the 100th Psalm that you can take with you, even though it's raining outside, and, uh, and still be able to be, amen, uh, an incredible, joyous environment in your heart. Here we go. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanks giving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. Amen. Amen. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endureth, amen, everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. I love that. 32 years under Pastor Steve, and now you're on your way eight months under Pastor John, a whole different generation. But look at God's truth, enduring, lasting, unfailing, because God's love endures through all generations. Amazing. I'm so excited for you. This is why I wanted to title this message, Something to shout about. Amen. You have something to shout about. That's an old Negro idiom that I'm going to shout up in this church. Now, shouting could be verbal or it could be physical, right? So, so when, when, when you think about how good God has been, I want you to think that, hey, I ought to shout about that. Now, that means that now some of you guys, you know, I know you're not very, you know, you're not very demonstrative like I might be. So, so what you may have to do, you may have to just do this every now and then. Okay? <laughs> Let me see some folk that are just going to do this every now and then. Yeah, that's a hallelujah wave, right? <laughs> but some of you are going to say, amen, preacher. And, and there are going to be a few of you going to get up and say, ah, man, you said something there. And you're going to stand up on your feet and you're going to go, preach, preacher. Now, that's called call and response. I'm going to call some stuff. You guys are going to what? I'm going to call some stuff. You guys are going to what? Oh, we got it. We're ready to roll now. Something to shout about. Well, my biggest moment with God 
was actually my lowest moment with Satan. It was an extraordinary situation. I had taken a mission trip to uh, Haiti. I was there with a group of people who were feeding. We were uh, doing a medical uh, expedition. Um, and I was preaching a revival. Amazing. Um, an incredible church about the size of the point over here that I was preaching at. And uh, it was, it was, I'll talk about that a little later, but it was an amazing opportunity for me. And, uh, and one night I decided, uh, we went to the ate, ate dinner, and, and I, went, I went to my room. I wanted to pray about the next day. I knew it was going to be a long day. And as I t- lay down to pray, something happened that has never happened in my life before. A darkness came up under my door and began to fill the room. It's as if I could literally see the darkness permeating every inch of my space. And then the darkness not only got all over the floor, but then it began to rise up over my bed. And by that time, I could not speak. I could not say nothing. I felt death was at my door. I felt this is it. I'm going to die in the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere called Haiti. And I couldn't do anything. I mean, I I tried to pray. I couldn't pray. I tried to cry out unto the Lord with words, but I I couldn't cry out. And and heaven was silent. I thought, this is it. And then I remember the words of my resident theologian who's going to be with the Lord now. Grandma Azalee always taught me that whenever you get in trouble, don't let the devil know he's winning. And what she taught me was that in those moments where it looks like it's all gone, it's all lost, sing a praise unto the Lord. And I began to sing a praise unto the Lord. And as I began to sing, I couldn't pray, I couldn't talk, but when I began to sing in my spirit, it took my mind off of that demonic presence, and that demonic presence began to dissipate. It began to diminish, and all of a sudden, there was a serenity in the space, all because I began to praise God. You got to understand something that my grandmother taught me, worship confuses the enemy, now, somebody sitting here, you're going through a whole lot in your life. Pastor John talked about it. He admonished you as you were taking communion. That, that Remember that, that no matter what hand you have been given, you're playing with a, with a hand and you don't have many good cards in, in, in your hand. But there's some more cards in the deck. Amen? And, and so you got to play with the hand you got until you can get some more cards off the deck. But in the meantime, give God some praise and thank him that things are as well as they are. And as soon as I did that, the darkness slowly, slowly went away. That was my biggest moment with God. When I began to praise him, the devil had to flee. I'll never forget it. A.W. Tozier said these words. He said, what comes to mind or what comes to our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Look what he's saying. He says, what comes to our minds when we think about God says a lot about you. When you think about God and you still don't want to worship, that says something about you. 
When you think about God and you go, oh, I don't have time to pray, that says something about you. But when you think about God and you begin to get exuberant in your spirit and you begin to say that, you know what, he has been good to me. And you begin, no matter who's next to you or what the church has been doing or whatever they used to do, all you know is that, hey, this is my moment to say thank you to the Lord. That's what A.W. Tozer said. And so I'm wondering now, what are you thinking about God? And how are you going to handle the 915 service on this rainy day? Are you going to leave like you came? Are you going to wage into the deep? You see, this, 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 this lesson today is what I call praiseology. Say that with me. Praiseology. Yeah, it's, it's the study of praise. It's, see, praise is an element of worship. But it's a very important, critical weapon in spiritual warfare, right? So, so let me say this. So, so praiseology is the study of how we need to praise God. And I'm going to give you some points on, on, on how you can do this. And I, I told Pastor John, I want to write my first book. He's going to help me. It's going to be on praiseology, amen, because praise is one of the believer's most important weapon in the realm of spiritual Warfare. What released me that night from that darkness was my praise. Was my praise. That's what went ahead of Jehoshaphat when he was trying to lead the children of Israel and the enemies had gathered to defeat them and he sent a praise team ahead. Not weapons, a warfare but spiritual weapons or warfare because praise would change things. Anybody ever come to church and you were depressed and you were down and, Lord, when you came here and you heard the word, Pastor John preached the word, or you heard a song, or you saw somebody out in the audience that was giving God glory, praise God, and you just began, you just began to, to just to overflow with joy? What a joyful a wonderful moment. I was sitting out yesterday after the Saturday service, and a lady came up to me, and she said, listen, she says, one of our church members just left out of the worship service, and he's boohooing like a baby. I said, really, what happened? Did I say something wrong? She said, no, he's full of joy. Something happened in his heart last night that only God can do when you release yourself to experience. Oh, you got something to shout about. Look at what it says. Look at what it says. There are five things. It's five things I want you to get in your spirit as we talk about this praiseology. Here it is. It says, make a joyful noise. Now, now, David, I'm saying David. We, 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 David is not necessarily ascribed to this text, but I believe he is. I believe that David wrote this. Make a joyful noise. Now, noise is an unintelligible sound. That's it, yeah, that's it. Hallelujah. Woo, woo, praise God. That's what noise is, but it ought to be what? Joyful. Make a joyful noise. By now, by now, somebody on your road should have experienced some joy. By now. I mean, look, look down, go ahead, look down your road for a minute, Sandy. Have you, are they, see if they're awake. Are you awake? 
I mean, look what, look what happened. You come in today, the welcome team was out there, and they were greeting you guys, right? You came in, look what happened. The worship team had you guys going in worship, huh, the praise team. And then Pastor John came out, and you guys took communion. I mean, there ought to be some, you all should have already had something going on, right? Listen, praise ought to be joyful. You should have already had a joyful moment. And then he began to talk about the growth of this church and how God is blessing you guys. That's, that's joy to be welling up in your spirit. And, and David says you need to make a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness. Oh, my God. Look at what it says. Make a joyful noise. That word make is a verb that means you have to manufacture, right? You have to create. You have to construct praise sometimes because sometimes you come from home, amen, and, and you've had some intense fellowship with your wife. <laughs> hey, amen. You had some intense fellowship with one of your teenagers. And it's like, oh, man. And you park your car at church, you're walking in, and your head is swinging. Right? And David says, okay, but when you get to, when you listen, when you get to him to church, David says, you got to manufacture something. You got to create it. You got to make it, right? And somebody's sitting there, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, okay, Pastor Boy, that sounds good. But in order to make anything, you got to have ingredients, right? So I'm going to give you guys some ingredients so you can make a praise right here. Let me see. Here's my first ingredient. Did you wake up this morning? Okay. Did you, were you able to stand on your feet? Somebody should have been shouting right now. That's, that's too, that's, okay. Did, did you know where you were? See, we take that for granted, but you know some folks don't know where they are right now? That's three ingredients right there. When my grandmother used to make that strawberry pie, you know, she would get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. They would say, Grandma, how do you make that pie? She said, well, baby, just a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But see, she had a recipe. It just wasn't documented. She, she had a rhythm. She knew. And so what I came by today to tell you, your praise ought to be joyful. You ought to make a joyful noise because when you start thinking about all that God has done just in these few hours of your day, somebody ought to be ready to say, praise God, I am so joyful to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Can I get a praise in this place? One more time. Amen. Make a joyful noise. And I've seen some of you guys at ball games. You don't sit like this at ball games. I've seen you. I played the coach game. I, matter of fact, I was at a Pacer game. I was having a good time. I was eating my popcorn, and I was, you know, and been pastoring for a while. And I'm eating my popcorn. You know how they zoom cam, zoom in on people who are acting crazy. I know what it is, and they were, and I looked in the Zoom cam, I go, I said, that's, that's, that's one of New Era's finest members. My recollection is that last Sunday she was asleep at church. But at the Pacer game, she's getting her praise on. And I said to myself, well, shouldn't we be more joyful of 
the pacemaker than the pacers. Come on, somebody put your heartbeat in this. Somebody ought to say hallelujah up in here. Amen. It ought to be joyful. Praise God. Watch this. Not only this, hear this praiseology says not only should our praise be joyful, but it says that we, what, look at what it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, even in the balcony. <laughs> I, I, y'all sit up there because I know, uh, uh, but I got my eyes on y'all, quite a few of y'all up there. Anybody, there you go. I saw, some, I saw worship. There you go. Wave your hand. Anybody up here going to Just this side. Anybody going to wave your hand and say hallelujah? There you go. That's, see, God is in the balcony too. <laughs> it ought to be what? Universal. All ye land. The children's ministry, the youth ministry, the student ministry. Everybody, when you come to this place, there ought to be a praise breakout in this facility. Everywhere, in every corner. Because praise ought to be universal. Why? Because God's love is universal. Oh, he's no respecter of persons. God loves the little boy in the inner city where I pastor just as much as he loved the little girl who lives out here in the suburbs of Brownsburg. Yes, he, he loves the man on the corner asking for a dollar. Just as much as he loves that man driving through the gated community to get to his wonderful and beautiful home, God loves us all the same. He has a universality of love. He loves America just as much as he loves Australia. He loves the Asians just as much as he loves the Arabs. Uh, and I hate to say this, but, you know, he, he loves the Patriots just as much as he loves the Colts. <laughs> That's a downer in it. Oh, Lord. But his love is what somebody said, universal. universal. God's love is universal. And so there ought to be a praise breakout in this church. God has sent you an amazing young pastor to follow an amazing senior pastor. There ought to be a praise in this church. There ought to be somebody that come through these doors and say, oh my God, God is smiling on us. God, there, there is, you got something to shout about. Any grandparents in the house? Yes. Oh, think about your grandchildren. It ought to make you go, oh my God, I have something to shout about. Because God, amen, has been good. So it ought to be universal. It ought to be joyful, amen? So that's the two ingredients I want you to keep in mind. Also, watch this. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. All right? So, so watch this. Your praise ought to be rational. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It ought to be something, it ought to make sense, right? You don't need to be a theologian to come to the conclusion that, that God made you, right? Look what it says. It says, and it is he that hath made us. He made us. Now, I can look at that in various levels. He made us physically and biologically, right? Even the test tube baby, amen, was made by God, because the ingredients in the test tube came from God. 
That's why I'm not arguing with people about evolution. I don't care. You can talk about evolving all you want to, but whatever we evolve from, if you believe that, I don't believe that. I believe God created us intentionally and wonderfully, right? But even whatever we evolve from, he made that. For he's the God of creation. You, that ought to make sense. But not only did he create us, but he redeemed us. We are his people. Oh, my God. We, we've been bought with a price. And, and for some of us, we weren't even redeemable. No, let me say all of us. I got a witness right here. Yes. Think about the thing you ain't told nobody, and yet God still saved you. Oh, I guess I'm the only one that got skeletons in my closet. Y'all, so, look at y'all looking all holy like I don't have none. <laughs> Come on, tell the truth and shame the devil. Anybody here glad that you were not redeemable, but God took you off, amen, the junk pile, recycled you, and made you who you are today? Do I have a witness in this place? <laughs> yes. Yes. He redeemed me. We are, and look what it says, and watch this. We, 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 it ought to be rational because it says, and we are the sheep of his pasture. Now, that's why I know David had to write this. This terminology, the sheep of his pasture, for he wrote another psalm that said, what did he say? That the Lord is my what? My shepherd, I shall not be in need, right? Amen. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He believed in me beside still waters. Yes, he restores my soul for his name's sake. He goes on to say, and goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Oh, my God. He provides for me all the days of my life. Guys, it ought to make sense. We are blessed, and we've got something to shout about. So my biggest moment with God was, was, came as a result of me just really realizing that, hey, my praise should be joyful, even though darkness has come into the room. My praise need to be universal. My praise need to be rational. He created me. He saved me. He provides for me. It ought to make sense. Everyone here ought to be saved right now. And right now, you know, you're kind of quiet, and that's okay. But I believe somebody's little toe is wiggling right now. It's like, ah, oh. because God has been good to me. Amen? Amen? Can I get somebody to just raise your hand and just begin to praise God and thank him for what he's already done? Come on, just raise your hand. Just, just one hand. Just raise it and just begin to say in your spirit, thank you, Father. And that's my next point, right? Look at what he says. Look at what he says. Here it is. It says, watch this. He says this. Enter into connection point. With thanksgiving into his sanctuary with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. I, I have trouble with that verse because I wonder how little me, little boy from North Carolina, had a skin disease when I was a little boy. My teacher, my sixth grade teacher, looked and pointed at me one day at school and said, You ain't gonna be nobody. Yeah, my, I'll never forget that. And yet, when I think about it, how can I, who, who, I'm a nobody, how can I bless he that has everything? Huh? How can I do that? 
I am nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. And yet, he's sitting on the edge of his seat waiting for me to come to church so that I can give him some praise? Who is man that thou art mindful of him? Oh, my God, connection point. You got something to shout about. Little boy sitting out, peeping out the window one day his dad, father came through the door and the little boy was watching the other kids from his wheelchair. He said, Daddy, I want to run in that race with those kids. And Daddy said, Baby, you were born with no legs. How you propose to run in that race? He said, Daddy, if you take me out there, we can run in this race. So Daddy picked that boy up out of that wheelchair, put him on his shoulders, and went out to run that race. And somebody went one, two, three, and they took off running. And those young kids took off real fast. And Daddy started real slow, but he had a long stride. And it was a sure stride. And the more dad got going, the more he was ready. I mean, I mean, he was, he caught up with those fast kids. How many know the race is not given to the swift, but to those that endure to the end? And daddy crossed over that line first. And that little boy was screaming and hollering, we won. Thank you, God. We won. We won. And the little boy came up to him and looked up and said, we won. What did you do? And the little boy on his daddy's shoulder said, I held on. When the going got rough, I held on. When it looks like dad was not going to make it, I held on. Somebody needs to hold on right now. Somebody here today, God has got you. I know it's rough. I know the going gets tough. But I stopped by today to tell you that your praise ought to be so thankful that you can hold on even when the going gets rough. Here's my last point. I had to go all the way to the end of the last psalm to finish out this sermon. I said, you know what? I need something to really knock it home with Connection Point on that Sunday because they got something to shout about, and I'm not so sure everybody sitting out here realize how blessed they are. And then I found that last verse in the last psalm that said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Now, how many of you got breath in you? Huh? Anybody glad you got breath? Let everything, that means let everybody that have breath do what? 
Praise the Lord. If you're breathing and you're alive today, you ought to be in the mode of giving God some praise up in here. Everything. Everybody. Touch somebody and say, you, you, give, give him some. Put your hands together and give God some praise. Yeah, make it personal. Hallelujah. My God. I'm feeling pretty good about right now. Because God is a good God. Worthy to be praised. She. Hallelujah. Come on, I need some more popcorn. Popcorn, popcorn, pop, 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 pop. Because he's worthy. I, I, I gotta go now. I wish there were some steps here, but I don't think there are. Any step down there? No. But there was a grandmother. Go ahead and be seated. Cleaned floors, washed dishes, ironed clothes to send her grandboy through college. She worked so hard. No one had gone to college in her family. She said, I'm going to make sure this baby goes to college. And she did whatever it took. Four years. He called grandma. Grandmama, I need this. She said, baby, I'm going to send it to you. Sure enough, after four years, he called his grandmother up and said, grandmama, guess what? I'm going to graduate. She said, really, baby? She said, oh, praise God. Because she understood that praise ought to be personal. Somebody say personal. We need to make it personal. And she began, she dropped the phone, and she was shouting all around the place, thanking God, because she knew that what God had done. She had joy. She knew that it had to have been God. She, she was thankful. She had a rational understanding that God had made a way for this boy to go to college. And the boy said, my grandma, I'm going to come and get you. But grandma, do me a favor. She said, what is it, baby? Now, when we get to the Coliseum, you can't be acting like you're at church, okay? <laughs> She said, baby, I'm not going to embarrass you at the graduation. He came and got her that day. Oh, she was dressed up, guys. She was so proud. She had her Sunday's best on, and she was walking to the car. And when she got to the car, she went, mm. He said, Grandma, now I done told you. you. You can't get happy when you get to the Coliseum now. She said, baby, I won't embarrass you at the graduation. They got in the car, they're going down the road, and there's a big billboard that said graduating class of 2018. And grandma goes, mm, mm. <laughs> The boy driving looks in the rear mirror and said, Grandma, I told you, you can't get happy in the Coliseum like you do at church. You can't do that. Grandma said, baby, I'm all right. I won't embarrass you at the graduation. Well, they get there. And they get out, and Grandma sees all of these people, and she sees her boy, her grandson, in the crowd of all the graduates. And she's walking down to her seat, and she's got her hand up like this, and he's out in the crowd going, Grandma. <laughs> she shook her head. She sat down in her seat, where they started calling the names of all the graduates. And when they got to her alphabet, she stood up. And he, and, and he said, Grandma, no, no, 
She just stood up and she went. And when he got ready to call her grandson's name, a bumblebee got in the place and lit on the announcer's nose. And the announcer said, Jesus. Grandma said, did somebody say Jesus? Did somebody in this place say Jesus? I know him. He made a way for me. Won't he do it? Won't he make a way? And then somebody, amen, in the professor session stood up and said, yeah, I know him too because I just got delivered from cancer. And he began to praise God. And then somebody in the graduating class, amen, who got a degree at 70 years old, and she began to wave her hand, and she began to give God praise. I stopped by today on my way to heaven to tell each of you that every now and then you ought to find something to shout about because when you shout about it, God would do something about it, and he'll come see about you. God bless you. God keep you. God will make a way out of no way. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? <laughs>